Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. I'm David Knowles, and this is Ukraine, the latest. Welcome to the second part of our special two-part podcast on the life and times of Taraf Shevchenko. In the last episode, we heard about the historical period in which the young Shevchenko grew up. We heard about the boy who was born a serf and went to St. Petersburg for his education. Lyubov spoke about his poetry, and we ended the episode by foreshadowing his arrest by the Tsarist powers. This is where we pick up his story. It's a very long story, but I, I, I will try to cut it short, but I don't Spiral. promise you to, to cut it short. Yes. When he came to Ukraine and lived here, he became, uh, he came in contact with the so-called Society of, Cyril and, of Saints Cyril and Methodius, or they called it the Brotherhood of Cyril uh, and Methodius. And it was the official reason Shevchenko was arrested. What was the society's ideas? Who were the members of this society? It was a secret political society, the members of which spread the idea of a Slavic Union or confederation, Slavic confederation, uh, such as, for example, the United States of America. And the Brotherhood was named after um, the Slavic missionaries of the 9th, 9th century, Cyril and Methodius. And Cyrillic alphabet, this is what we... They translate, translated Bible from Old Greek uh, into Old uh, Slavic language. And Cyrillic alphabet named after the monk Cyril. This is what we use in, in Ukraine and in, in Russia as well. And the brother was initiated by a group of young Ukrainian intellectuals living in Kyiv. They appeared in 1846. And Taras Shevchenko joined this society. He wasn't an official member of the society, but he had a big impact on this society. And he expressed the society's ideas of Slavic Union, of Slavic Federation in his poetry of the period of three three years. Why they spoke about Slavic Federation? Slavic people, we are the biggest group of population living in Europe, and we also take the biggest area, the biggest territory. And in the 19th century, Slavs didn't have none of the Slavic people had their state, except Russia. The Russians were imperial state and all the other 
The Slav Slavic people were part of some empires. For example, Southern Slavic people were under Ottoman Empire, Western under Austrian Empire, and Eastern under Russian Empire. And uh, the, the members of the Cyril and Methodius Brotherhood, they wanted to, to change the model of the state. They wanted to cancel empire and to settle Slavic Federation with the center in Kyiv. Why in Kyiv? There were versions Warsaw or Moscow or Kyiv, and they chose they chosen had chosen Kyiv because the Poles were imperial nation. They had their Commonwealth, and the Russians also were imperial nation. And Ukrainians were the only people who who were not uh, we didn't we, we had never had imperial forming thinking way of thinking. That's why the center had to be in Kyiv, and Kyiv was the oldest uh, city among the others. And the society uh, was denounced. Who were, who were the members? They were students and professors from the Kyiv University. It wasn't political elite. They were just intellectuals. They were not politicians. I told you we had no political elite. They were um, intellectuals who, who became who became like like or instead of politicians. And the society was denounced. Uh, the, and all its members were arrested. And Shevchenko was arrested in Kyiv when he, in spring of 1847, he was 33, the Jesus age, and he was about to, to get from, le from the left bank of, of the Dnipro river to, to the right bank. There was a ferry there, and the, the gendarme met him and uh, informed him he, he was arrested. And then all the members uh, were taken to Petersburg, put into prison in Petersburg. The inquest lasted for, for a month. Uh, Shevchenko was in prison for all this period, for all this month. And then in a month he got a verdict. The verdict of Shevchenko was among the most severe verdicts of, of all the members of the Cyril and Methodius Society. And it was uh, the following. The former artist Taras Shevchenko for compelling, compelling uh, outrageous and ex extreme uh, poetry to be sent uh, to the Orenberg Detached Corps to serve as a private. And the emperor, Nicholas I, with his own hand, added to the verdict under the strictest surveillance with prohibition to write and to paint. So that's, that was the punishment for, for Shevchenko's, it was officially he was arrested for his political activity, for being a member of the Brotherhood. But uh, if you read the verdict, you can find no words about the society. The verdict was for his for his poetry, for his poetical activity. So the next ten years of his life. From uh, 33 to 43, uh, I mean the age, Shevchenko's age, he spent uh, in exile in the Middle Asia, in the Kazakh or Kyrgyz steppes, being a soldier, being an instrument of the Russian Empire. A soldier. At that time, Russia was expanding its territories in Middle Asia. There was a big game between. Uh, 
the British Empire and the Russian Empire. They fought for, for the influence and Russians went to, to Middle Asia earlier. And they won this, this game, yes. And Shevchenko was an instrument of this game. He was a soldier sent to serve uh, in, in Kazakhstan. But uh, he treated local people who were nomadic. Kazakhs and Kyrgyz uh, didn't have their permanent houses. They were moving from one place to another. Uh, they had their peculiar culture, uh, nomadic culture, yes, and religion. And Shevchenko was very sympathetic with these people. Unlike other Russian soldiers who treated them uh, like savages, he, he treated local people like something exotic and something very touching. He was very fond of their traditions, of their being open, naive. He wrote in his letter to his friend, Princess Varvara Repnina, Kyrgyz people are so, so artistic, so picturesque. I cannot resist the temptation to 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 draw them, to paint them, to tell to the world about uh, these people and, and their culture. He made uh, see a number of watercolor paintings, uh, sepia paintings, pencil drawings uh, representing Kazakh uh, culture and uh, their way of life, customs, traditions, religion. That's why even now uh, Shevchenko is very honored in Kazakhstan and he is compared to the national Kazakh artist, because he was the first, the first to represent this country, this area, Asian culture, to the Western civilization. And his paintings were like, as I explained now to pupils or students, his paintings were like Google pictures, yes, for, 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 for European people. Later, these, his paintings were printed uh, in addition in Paris, Shevchenko's friend, a Polish artist, Polish guy, Bronislav Zaleski, who was sent to, into exile to Kazakhstan for participation in the revolution, Polish revolution against Russia in the 1830s. So the, Bronislav Zaleski printed the edition in Paris and he put some of Shevchenko's, he put their um, etchings after Shevchenko's drawings, paintings made in, in Kazakhstan. And they were the first to tell about uh, Middle Asia in Europe. So he spent 10 years in exile. Then when the Emperor Nicholas I, who sent him into exile, died right after he lost in war in Crimean War in 1853. In two years, Shevchenko was released. And he came back to Petersburg, to the capital, and he spent uh, the rest of his life there. But he got sick in exile. He suffered from uh, rheumatism and uh, he got some uh, troubles with heart. It was the result of this rheumatic disease. But he continued to work in Petersburg. He even visited Ukraine again. His dream was to buy, to build a house, to marry. He wanted to marry a Ukrainian peasant girl, former serf. Her name was Lekera. 
he was 19, he was 46 by the time, but it, it was typical for, for the 19th century, such a big difference in, in age, so it wasn't something unordinary. But she, she, she betrayed him, yes. She, he, he hired a teacher for her to teach her manners, uh, to teach her to read and to write, and she, she betrayed him with, with this teacher. And soon uh, he died in Petersburg. After his exile, he lived only a few years, and he died uh, in 1861, aged 47. So quite a young person for modern days, but uh, it wasn't too young to, to die in, in the 19th century, because the average duration of life was less than 40 years. Uh, but he still had a lot of plans to do, uh, and he failed because of, of his death. It's a very romantic story about his rebellion, about the rebellion of his body from Petersburg to Ukraine. Ivan Shevchenko, in his collection, manuscript collection, three years, he wrote a poem, My Testament. It was his poetical testament to, to his descendants. He was only 31 when he wrote this poem, but he was very sick. He, he thought he was dying, and in this critical moment he wrote this poem. When I die, then bury me in my beloved Ukraine. And when he died, he died in Petersburg. He, he was buried there, and it wasn't his beloved Ukraine. So his friends organized the reburying of his body from Petersburg to Ukraine. It happened the same year, in two months after his death. And now he's buried in Ukraine, in Kaniv. It's uh, on the right bank of the Dnipro River. There is a huge tomb over his grave. And it's like a place of pilgrimage for, for the Ukrainians living in Ukraine and even abroad from all over the world. This is his li life story. Can you give us a sense of why he's still so popular now? And also in the context of the current in invasion, the current war, what do his works mean for Ukrainians? You know, uh, a whole body of Shevchenko's uh, poetry presents uh, something like a political and a spiritual way of the future development of, of a nation. In the time when Ukraine had no political elite, the, the poet Shevchenko himself accepted the mission of leading his people. And if to say briefly, and maybe from my point, from my side, it's too brave to say this or to compare, but I would say the following. Moses said, let my people go, yeah? And Shevchenko said what way his people should go. He showed us the way. He was this, uh, the person, this leader who showed us the way. With his in his poetry, he expressed all these ideas. He first uh, called us to be conscious. And then he, he showed us, when we got conscious, he showed us what, what way to, to, to move further, further on. And he also, uh, it's very important, he also a symbol, uh, symbol of solidarity. Because Ukraine, uh, Ukraine is very different because of our history. We were under one influence, the other part was under another influence. And uh, Shevchenko uh, became a, sim a symbol of solidarity. When uh, at the beginning, when after World War I, um, the Russian Empire started collapsing, the Ukrainian, Ukrainian elite uh, used this moment for, to gain our freedom. 
gain our independence. And uh, uh, by, the, by the time uh, Ukraine was still divided, one part uh, under Russia, another under Austrian Empire. And Shevchenko became uh, this uni uni unifying or uniting person uh, who united people from Western Ukraine and people from uh, the rest part of Ukraine into one nation. Because we were divided for such a long period that uh, we were very different. And he became this uh, touching, touching point or crossing point. Uh, his poetry was very understandable for all, all, of, all of us, yes. And uh, we believed him, we believed in his poetry, we believed in what he said, and we followed his ideas. This is briefly how to say why he's so, so important. And uh, he also uh, wrote a series of poetry with, which is very prophetic and uh, visionary. Uh, in the 19th century, he believed that Ukraine uh, would find its lost paradise and uh, that Ukraine would return to its golden age when uh, we got some uh, freedom, when we were free, like Cossacks. And uh, uh, a lot of his poems uh, express this idea of a future vision of prosperous Ukraine, prosperous, independent Ukraine, where everyone is happy, where there are no enemies, no evil. A little bit idealistic, but it was typical for romanticism, for all the romantic poets of the time. I must also say that Shevchenko himself understood his mission, because he also expressed in his poetry that as if he was a leader, yes. For example, he, he, he wrote, he wrote um, his late poetry, I shall arise, the Lord will say. This day I shall arise again. For this my people bound in chains, poor wretches, I shall glorify these small dumb slaves. And as a God protecting, I shall set my word around them. So he, he believed his words would uh, be a, a way to follow, yes? And they, the, his words would protect, it's like a, a law or a Bible, another Bible for, for Ukrainians, uh, how to, to be, live their lives, how to, be, to build their country, how to gain their independence. In Ukrainian education, what position does he hold? If you're going to secondary school, do you learn a lot of Shevchenko or is he one of many poets? How is he treated in the education system? Oh, plenty of Shevchenko in every form and in every class you, you study. We start learning Shevchenko's poetry since, uh, seems to me, second form at, uh, at, uh, the, at school. And then every year you have something new about Taras Shevchenko, some new poetry uh, most of them are not understandable uh, for, for for students because you need to know much. You need to, to know context. Yes, you need to need to know settings of the period, historical settings, uh, cultural settings. But if you know all these, if you know the general movements in in Europe, for example, Romanticism cost uh, led to the growth of national consciousness all over the Europe. Did you know this? Romantic philosophy was that uh, all people are equal, they have equal rights, the so-called natural rights, yes, and nations have the rights to 
for free development. And this later caused uh, a series of revolutions in Europe, the so-called Spring of Nations. It was in 1849, Italy with Haribaldi, Hungary against Austria, and they also had their national poet uh, of that time. His name was Shande Patefi. He died, he was a young poet, 26, 27. He died when he was 26. He was killed uh, in, in this revolution. Uh, he sacrificed his life. And he also was like Shevchenko. He's often compared to Shevchenko uh, with his uh, revolutionary uh, ideas. And you, we, because we didn't have a political um, class here, we didn't have a revolution. But the Cyril and Methodius Society, its members were, instead of political, mem- political um, elite, they were intellectuals who wanted to change in, in some uh, more quiet way. They, chose, they had chosen the way of reforms and changings. They wanted to have this federation with good law, with human rights and nation rights, with economical freedom. With their... And one of the main ideas was abolition of serfdom and available education for common people. So they wanted to change it through education and through making life, material life better. Lubal, thank you. Very, very much for that overview of the life of Taras Shevchenko uh, and an introduction to some of his works and his ideas and the context and the time in which he lived. Is there anything we haven't spoken about that you think is important for our listeners to hear? I would like you to tell one uh, touching story about my favourite poem. My favourite poem by Shevchenko was written when he was imprisoned in St. Petersburg and he was waiting for, for the verdict. And he already knew that the verdict would be very severe. And at this critical moment, he, he wrote this poem. It's not a poem, it's confession. I have a, a very good friend. His name is Michael Badwell. You understand he's not Ukrainian. Yeah? He's 87 years old British. He was living in Kiev for many years, and he abandoned Kyiv before COVID and because of, of the war and the present war. And once, he, Mike, Michael is also a friend of our museum. He often comes to the museum. He, got, he helps us with English translations. He used to help us with English translation, etc. Everyone knows him here. And once he came to me with a poem, he had English translation. And he, he was so impressed with this poem. He was, it was so touching for him that he asked me to transliterate uh, with Ukrainian, with English, to transliterate Ukrainian words with English letters. Now Mike lives uh, in, in England. He's in, con- what do you call it, condominium, yeah? I would like to recite this, uh, this poem because it's really my favorite. So uh, I remind you that it was uh, written when Shevchenko was waiting for his verdict before his exile. It doesn't touch me, not a whit. If I live in Ukraine, no. If men recall me or forget, lost as I am in foreign snow, touches me not the slightest whit. Captive, the manhood I have grown in strangest homes and by my own, and mount 
a weeping captive still. I'll die. All that is mine. I will be a wrath, let not a trace remain in our own glorious Ukraine. Our own land, yet a stranger's rather. And speaking with his son, no father will recall, nor beat him. Pray, pray, son, of old, for all our Ukraine, they tortured all his life away. It doesn't touch me, not a whit, whether the son will pray or no, but it does touch me deep, if knaves, evil rogues, lull our Ukraine asleep and only in the flames, let her all plundered wake again. That touches me with deepest pain. Thank you very much for that, Lipov. That was incredibly deep and comprehensive. And I understand why so many times we have to stop and say, well, hang on, you know, one step backward. Why is that important? What does that mean? Who are these people? All that context. So thank you very much, Lipov. That was very interesting. Thank you. Thank you for inviting Ukraine The Latest is an original podcast from The Telegraph. To stay on top of all of our Ukraine news, analysis and dispatches from the ground, subscribe to The Telegraph. And sign up to Dispatches, our Ukraine newsletter, which brings stories from our award-winning foreign correspondents straight to your inbox. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider following Ukraine The Latest on your preferred podcast app. And if you have a moment, leave a review as it helps others find the show. You can also get in touch directly to ask questions or give comments by emailing podcasts at telegraph.co.uk. We do read every message, and we are especially interested to hear where you are listening from around the world. Ukraine The Latest is produced by Louisa Wells and Giles Gear. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.